Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I would like to begin this episode by turning in the gospel according to Luke to chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. The passage says, Now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. As Christians, we long to go home to heaven. For the joys that await us there and the glorious thought of being in the presence of Jesus, indeed of seeing him face to face. We live in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ages ago. That's Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. While there is something almost beyond our ability to comprehend awaiting us and still to be realized, we do not have to wait for the return of Christ to enjoy the blessings of his kingdom. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is in your midst or within you. To be in Christ, to be a Christian, is not only about the world to come. It is also about life now. And God has given us ample instructions about how we can live this life to its absolute fullest. Sometimes the formula is presented in such simple terms, and one such place is found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8-12. through 12. But before we go there, let me mention that much of 1 Peter is dedicated to how we treat each other and how we treat those who are not Christians. For instance, in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22 we read, Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 we find, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Now we'll move down to verses 12 through 18. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may on account of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God, that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters in all respects, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. In verses 21 through 24, we find whose example we are to follow. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, 
leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed. Chapter 3 begins by discussing the right relationship to be sustained between husbands and wives. That brings us now to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8-12. through 12. Here it is. To sum up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For let him who means to love life and see good days refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile, and let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. It seems to me that Peter right here gives us a few simple things to remember in order that we might experience the kingdom here on earth to the fullest extent possible. First, remember to be kind. Kindness is love in the little things. It is helping one child. It is visiting someone who is lonely or sick. It is offering a smile, holding a door open, helping an elderly person along, listening to another person's problems with absolute confidentiality, placing an arm around someone's shoulder, telling someone, good job. It is possible to discover the character of someone in small acts they engage in that go unnoticed. Most of us can be generous, thoughtful, and polite when there is an audience. We reveal our true selves in unguarded moments. Kindness is not obedience to an occasional command. It is to be built into the fabric of our lives. We don't just slap our hands together and proclaim, There, I have obeyed the command to be kind. Let's move on now to whatever is next. Kindness never ends. When a family has gone through the death of a loved one or is struggling to pay bills, someone takes the time to write a note or pay for a month of utilities. No one knows. It's not a big deal, just a small, kind act. When Peter wanted to summarize the life and work of Jesus, he used words that spoke to the simple kindness of the Lord. Look with me at Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 if you have your Bibles with you. That's Acts 10 verse 38 where Peter told Cornelius and those gathered in his home, You know Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Look with me at Mark chapter 1, verses 40 and 41. And a leopard came to him, beseeching him, and falling on his knees before him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And moved with compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Whatever else can be said about the miraculous power of Jesus, whatever may be said of its showing him to be the Son of God, when Jesus healed that leper, it was shown to be a simple deed of kindness. 
When Jesus was going through Samaria in John chapter 4, he stopped at a well to rest. A woman came to draw water, and Jesus broke many of the accepted norms of the day and revealed to her profound truths about himself that even the disciples could not yet comprehend. He was kind to her. Miracles were of many sorts. If Jesus had only wanted to demonstrate his power, he could have, shall we say, caused the Temple Mount to levitate for a few days. That would have been impressive. Yet the kind of miracles that Jesus performed were also so often acts of kindness. We all want to go to heaven, but we do not have to wait for heaven to be kind. The kingdom of God is here and now. It is within us or in our midst. Back in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, in his summarization, Peter told us that another way to enjoy the kingdom now is to return good for evil. He wrote, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. I believe that to the extent that we live by this rule, we do not need to wait for the kingdom. It is among us. As we saw back in chapter 2, verse 23, writing of Jesus, Peter said, and while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Peter wrote that Jesus set the example. The Lord was blasphemed and reviled, but he never repaid evil in kind. Instead, he returned kindness. A few years before the cross, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45, But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you in order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus not only taught us how to live verbally, he showed us. One of the most basic rules of humankind seems to be the law of retribution. In the Old Testament, we find it expressed in Leviticus 24, verses 19 through 20. And if a man injures his neighbor, just as he has done, so it shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, just as he has injured a man, so it shall be inflicted on him. However, in the kingdom of God today, we live by different rules. A rule that says evil should not be repaid with evil. Peter was not addressing national or state laws. He was not saying that a murderer should be released just so he can murder again. He was talking to his audience as individuals. Don't let vengeance eat you up is what Peter was saying. The apostle did not use the phrase kingdom of God. Instead, he talked about life in the kingdom of God. No one will have life in the kingdom if getting even dominates his or her interests. The Christian Peter addressed had suffered. They knew what suffering for Christ was all about. I suppose to a certain extent they had the power to get even for some of what they had suffered. But Peter was saying, don't do it. Don't return evil for evil. This doesn't have to stay in the realm of theory. We see people try to get even all the time. You may remember from a number of years ago, the video of it was all over the news. There was a fairly wealthy woman in Texas who found out that her husband was seeing another woman. She waited outside a hotel, and when he came out, she put the car in gear and ran him down. 
backed up and ran over him again. And she did that over and over. He died. Well, she got even, and similar scenes are played out daily. What joy did she imagine the revenge would give her? Many folks lay in bed at night just nursing along some injustice they've endured, thinking about how they're going to get even. Minds thinking like that are in a place that is so far removed from the kingdom of God on earth. Peter's formula for life in the kingdom of God on earth goes further. First, remember to be kind. Second, never return evil for evil. Third, watch our tongues. As he wrote 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, the apostle appealed to Psalm 34, verses 12 through 14, which says, Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongues from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. James in James chapter 3 and verse 2 wrote, For we stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able to bridle the whole body as well. Think of the words of Jesus found in Matthew 12, 36 and 37. And I say to you that every careless word that men shall speak, they shall render account for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Life in the kingdom on earth cannot be enjoyed if we fail to control our tongues. I think the context of 1 Peter chapter 3 suggests that Peter's concern is for seeking peace and pursuing it. Peace is an important element for life in the kingdom. Controlling the tongue is an essential step in the path of peace. Controlling the tongue begins by measuring the way we speak about God. It is amazing how people throw around the name of God. It is used as an exclamation point, and it is used as a curse word. It should never be used unless you are speaking to God or about God. Peter said that guarding our tongues means to keep ourselves from deceit, but it means much more than that. It means turning from those matters that have the appearance or the reality of evil. It means to seek in one's words the things that are wholesome and make for peace. Have you ever been reading a book, watching a television show or a movie, and just had to stop because of the language? I remember when allowing profanity to be used on the air could cause a radio station or a television station to have its license suspended or completely revoked. Do you know there was a time when profanity was not permitted at all in movies? Do you know that the first time it was allowed was one word in 1939 in one of the most well-known and acclaimed movies of all time? It was the classic movie Gone with the Wind. The word was near the end. Red Butler looked at Scarlett and said something that cracked the door a little bit and started the path to what we hear now. The language of the gutter has made it to corporate headquarters and even into the highest offices of our land. In the midst of the world's misery and pain, there can be found a people who know the way to life. Those people are faithful Christians. Peter offered us three important elements that contribute to life in Christ, to enjoying the blessings of the kingdom now. They include remembering to be kind, returning good for evil, and guarding our tongues. Thanks for listening.